Alright, so before the podcast begin, I kind of want to stop in and talk about some of the new deals that have been made. Um, I just around, I finished up the podcast, my first audio, around 10 hours ago, and I wanted to kind of go through and look at some of the other signings that have happened since I originally talked about that, about some of the signings previously. So I kind of wanted to run through those quickly and kind of get my thoughts about them because some of them actually do change some of my points especially the one where Kendrick Nunn signed with the Los Angeles Lakers. I think that's a really, really good signing. It's completely different than what they've been doing the whole entire time and just signing old players who I don't think will fit very well on their team. I mean, 3 and D players, but they need someone else that can create besides LeBron, AD, and Westbrook. So I think Kendrick Nunn is a very good signing for them. I think he'll play a really big role, whether he's starting at shooting guard or he's the backup point guard and they'll have Malik Monk starting or Wayne Ellington or one of those type of players. It will all depend, but I think that that's a very good signing for them. Um, speaking of Lakers, they lost Markeith Morris to free agency, and now he has signed with the Miami Heat. I think that's a really good signing for them, especially if they don't re-sign Iguodala, which that's still one of the players that still hasn't been re-signed yet, and I'm not sure what they're going to do with him yet, but I think he'll be, I think he's a very good player that has veteran leadership, has experience in the finals, NBA champion, and so putting him on Miami with their already stacked team, already have NBA champions like Kyle Lowry, and Jimmy Butler made it to the NBA Finals, and that whole entire roster. I think that's a really good signing to have as a backup. Or he'll start at the four and replace Trevor Ariza. Kind of all depends, but I think that's a really good signing. The Son Whiteside deal to the Utah Jazz is a really weird one. I don't, I don't know about that one. I'm not a really big fan of it. But it's Son Whiteside is just a really way worse version of Rudy Gobert except for he can't move as well as Rudy Gobert which is saying something so Hassan Whiteside to the Jazz I think will be just kind of an irrelevant one they need a backup big when Gobert gets in foul trouble so I think that's an I think that's an okay signing if they put him on a minimum contract it's not that bad just because they don't know what Hassan Whiteside's going to be and then the next deal was the Hawks were able to re-sign John Collins for a five-year, $125 million deal, and that's a really good signing. I think keeping John Collins and Trey Young together is a very pivotal thing for them because those two are now locked up for five years, and those two will be the two cornerstones of the team for five years at least. I wouldn't be surprised if they were there for longer, but that's a really good start. They already made it to the Western or the Eastern Conference Finals in Trey Young's third year so I think this I think it's looking really good for them and if they continue to play like this and they are able to keep their players that have kind of helped them become the team they are now I think that's a really good signing and then the last one is Kemba Walker has been um, agreed to buy out his contract with Oklahoma City Thunder and then after he clears waivers he's going to sign with the New York Knicks I think that's a really good signing for the Knicks I really hope that Kemba Walker can go back to his 27 points a game like he did in Charlotte. Hopefully he can stay healthy because if he's able to, him coming back to Madison Square Garden, and if he somehow plays like how he used to, the Knicks are going to love him. So I think it's a really good signing. I think it's a very low-risk, high-reward. I mean, if he doesn't play great, okay, come off the bench and 
do his thing. But, I mean, if he's like how he was in Boston, especially last year where he just struggled, but he was also injured, I think that he can be their starter. And with Thibodeau's defensive-minded teams, they can really hide Kemba on defense while they'll have really good defenders. So I think that's a really good signing, and I think that's about it. I mean, Tony Bradley just got a minimum deal, but that's not really a massive one. It's just a backup big for for the Bulls. So I think besides that, I think that's about it. Um, I hope you all enjoy the main part of this podcast. I thought I would just come in here and give my opinions on some of the other signings that just happened. But besides that, I think that's about it. We will start the regular part of the podcast, and I hope you all enjoy. See you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Mills of Basketball Podcast. I am Cole Mills, and... I wasn't expecting to be recording a podcast today. I was going to wait until everything kind of was rounded up and all the free agency stuff kind of calmed down. All the big names got signed. But what is it now? 11 minutes ago, a tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski saying that the Bulls are finalizing a sign and trade deal to acquire DeMar DeRozan. The Bulls are sending back Thaddeus Young, Alfred Camino, and some picks in the deal. And so I thought I would just get my initial reaction on this and maybe go into some other of the moves. I'm not sure if I'm going to do that yet or if I'm just going to kind of state how I feel about this move. But I think that this move is going to be a very interesting one. I'm sorry if you hear clicking in the back. I was not expecting to make this. So I'm just kind of scrambling and trying to do some research and try to look at the team because... I was not expecting this to happen. I thought that he would mostly go to some team like the Lakers. But, I mean, this team looks very promising now. The Bulls are, mm, I would not say title contenders, but they are actually really close. I think they're closer than a lot of people expect. Because they will have, at point guard, who they just signed, Lonzo Ball, to an eight-year deal. They will have Zach Levine at the two. They will have DeMar DeRozan at the three. I don't know if they'll probably go Patrick Williams at power forward and then Vucevic at center, which, whoo, that actually sounds like a very good starting lineup. I am actually very excited to see this team now. I did not realize that that was what it was going to be, plus Kobe White coming off the bench. Whew, Okay. Well, Chicago is making a title run. I'm kind of surprised by that. Um, Looking offensively, I think this team could be very scary because Zach Levine last year averaged a nice 27 points a game on 41% shooting from three on eight attempts. So just some normal stuff. You know, it's just, just normal things that happen with Vucevic also averaging 21 on that team. I mean, they're going to lose Larry Markkinen, probably. I don't know. I don't think there's any been any news about Markkinen yet. I don't think he, was, he wasn't he was traded in, that, um, in those picks. So I think, I don't know what they're going to do with Markkinen. 
it probably will be a sign-in trade if I had to guess, and they're probably just going to try to get some decent role players. But I think that this is going to, I think this is actually a really interesting trade. I thought that this trade was not very good until I realized that they still kept a lot of pieces on this team. They're going to miss like players like Daniel Tice, but that's one of those players that was kind of surprising that he went to the Rockets, but get the money. So overall, this could be an underrated title team. I feel like I'm going to regret saying that right now because it seems very, very bold, but I could see it. I mean, Lonzo Ball is going to be a spectacular defender on this team, which is something that they need. They will have two and a half great defenders in their starting lineup because they have Lonzo Ball, who's an all-NBA type defender, and they have Patrick Williams, who, even though it may be his second year, he is going. He is showing flashes of being a really good player. I think if Patrick Williams takes a jump, we might see a title, which I very knee-jerk and also depends on a lot of different things. But this team looks very good because you off the bench, you have Kobe White, who will just bring instant offense. You will have... Um, Troy Brown Jr., who is a very underrated player, and he can kind of just defend everywhere. It's going to be interesting to see what they finish up their free agency and see what happens. But overall, I think this is going to be a very interesting deal. Um, DeMar DeRozan going there is one of those things where I was not expecting. But, I mean, I think the Bulls realize that with that trade with Vucevic, they lost their pick this year. So they really needed to make a move. So I think that this trade probably takes them a step further. I think this team could easily be top three team in the East. I mean, you're still going to have to face Giannis, and you're still going to have to face the Nets. But I think this jumps them up to the third best team in the East. Which, if you would have told me that coming into this season that this would be what they were, no way. I mean, Philly, I mean, if you look at Philly's team versus what's going on with Chicago, I think that's gonna I think that's a close one, but this team went thirty one and forty one last year, and now this team is making a huge leap. I think people are forgetting how good DeMar DeRozan is. DeMar DeRozan this year one second, let me pull up the stats. DeMar DeRozan played great. He just did not have, you know, the big time, like, popularity that he had. In 2020-2021 season on the Spurs, in 61 games, he averaged 21 points. He averaged four rebounds and seven assists. This team will, I really hope that this team be is like a type of, like, Spurs type team where they just pass the ball around because if they do that, I, I might, this might be one of my favorite teams because this team will be exciting to watch because Lonzo Ball is a spectacular passer and DeMar DeRozan has taken massive leaps in his playmaking and is now a really good playmaker. And of course you have high-flying Zach Levine and you have the growth of Patrick Williams and you have a sturdy big in Nikola Vucevic. So I'm really excited to see what happens with this team. Um... I'm I don't know. I'm really conf- I'm really torn on this team now. 
I will have to see kind of what else they do in free agency. I don't know who's some of like the bigger names that are still available, but I think that this trade is it really shakes up the it shakes up the East. I mean, that's another team that's going to be in the race because you're going to have, of course, the juggernauts in the Nets and the Bucks. They'll they'll probably have a team like the 76ers who hopefully will be able to find a trade destination for Ben Simmons. And if they do, that'll be a really good thing and that'll be a really good start. You have, of course, Miami who just picked up Kyle Lowry and have been signing a bunch of veterans. You have the Hawks, which are the, still the Eastern Conference, still made it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Like, we cannot count out them either. But this makes the East a lot more interesting because it's the East is very top-heavy. You have Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and then it was the rest. Now with, now with the Bulls, I'm not sure. I'm actually very interested to see what happens. But... That's kind of a really big one that happened that I was not expecting to do. So I'm very sorry if I'm like stumbling over my words a little bit. It's just I just read the news. Like I said, it was literally 10 minutes ago when I read the news. So I'm just spouting what I think, which can be good. Hopefully it sounds good. But I mean, I'm really excited to see what happens. I'm going to look some more at like some of the woes, see if anything else has been updated. Both Thaddeus Young and Al Farouk Amin are on expiring contracts. Chicago owes Orlando a first in 2023 that's top four protected and a 2024 first round pick. So that is a very, holy crap, wow. Okay, well, the Spurs got a lot. The Spurs got a lot for DeMar DeRozan, which when you're looking at the sign-in trades, I mean, that's actually a very good trade. I'm actually very happy with that if I'm a Spurs fan because you weren't going to get anything for DeMar DeRozan anyways. So being able to actually get something for him is massive. So I'm very excited to see how that is, like how they'll play out in the future. I mean, they're a promising young team. I think... Popovich is doing trades like this to try to build up for the future because I feel like he's kind of looking towards retirement very soon. But I'm very excited to see how this goes. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Lakers now because uh, I still don't know what the Lakers are doing. I'm very torn because... They made a spectacular signing in picking up Malik Monk, who's going to probably be their starting shooting guard, which he is the perfect player to be on this team. Because you know what he's going to do? He's going to play the role of J.R. Smith. Just chuck threes. And he's going to shoot them well. I don't, I'm going to look up his stats on how he shot last year, but he also was on a very dysfunctional team in the... Hornets, and he was never really good fit there once they picked up LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier, and they had Devontae Graham. He was kind of stuck behind all those players. But even in that, in last year, he averaged 11 points, two rebounds, two assists, but shot 40% from three on five attempts. And I remember he had a few games where he went absolutely ballistic. So I'm very, I'm very excited to see. I think that's a very, very good signing for them because he's had a bunch of very explosive games. Like, 
last year he had a he had games of 36 points 32 points 29 25 23 and in the 36 point game he shot 9 of 13 he had a lot of games where he had really good shooting games the issue was he was getting very inconsistent play time and it must have been extremely frustrating so he's going to have all of the chances to be able to start on that team and i think that's going to be a very exciting one and then when you look at the other signings for the lakers you of course have to talk about them signing carmelo anthony i don't like it it's another person who can't shoot threes very well on a team that already can't shoot them very well it's not a great fit but i mean He's, besides that, he wouldn't have been able to get anything anyways. Like, no one would have wanted him, I don't think. I think he would have probably retired if he didn't go to the Lakers. So, I think that that's going to be a very interesting piece. He's going to come off the bench, or they're going to somehow start him, which I think would be terrible. But, I mean, they are becoming just the oldest team possible. They are trying to become like the old Spurs. Except for the problem with the old Spurs was that those Spurs had played together for so long. So it doesn't make any sense to me why they're doing that. Like, Carmelo, they signed Carmelo. They picked up Wayne Ellington, who... Wayne Ellington will be a solid one, I think. But I think that's going to be an okay pick. I think that's an okay one. They just need to get picks. Or they need not not picks. They need to get shooters. They need to get shooters around this team. Because Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis will all be in the paint. So they need to figure out players that can surround them and be good. So I'm sorry if I'm stumbling over my words right now. I'm trying to find the full list of um, players that were signed with the Lakers. Because you had... Yes, you had Trevor Ariza who I don't get it, but okay. I mean, Trevor Ariza was not good at all with the Heat. He's, how old is he now? He's he is extru- he's very old now. I don't think he's going to play a role at all. But they're really just making, I don't know why they're turning this team into a retirement home. Like, they're just having all of the old players who used to be pretty good, and they're just throwing them on the team. Like, they have really no youth besides Horton Tucker. Like, that's it, really. Trevor Reza is 36 years old. It's not a 36-year-old. Carmelo is... How old? He is about... He is 37 years old. How old is Wayne Ellington? Wayne Ellington is... 33. About to be 34 once the season starts. They signed Kent Bazemore, which I think Kent Bazemore is an okay signing. I He's not a great shooter, but he'll probably play a role off the bench. Um, he's a decent ball handler. He ran some of the offense when they wanted to have Steph Curry run off-ball stuff. So that's not a terrible signing. And then you have, of course, the Wayne Ellington deal. And, yeah, then the Malik Monk, and it looks like that's it for them, which sounds about right. But... I think that's an okay deal. I think all of I think what they did, the Lakers did, was very confusing. 
They should have tried to pick up more players like Malik Monk, who are young, unproven players, who on a team like that would just be able to just spot up and shoot and be able to get kind of their points fed to them. And I feel like that would have been a better way to go. But instead, they signed a bunch of like mid to late 30s players. Which, I don't know how ba- how old Bazemore. Kent Bazemore is, yeah, he's only, he's 32. He's only 32. I almost said only 32 in the NBA. The Lake, uh, Lakers signing, only 32. Like, I don't know what the Lakers are doing. I don't know why they're doing this. They are setting themselves up for a lot of issues. Because Russell Westbrook's, again, he's 32, about to be 33. That whole roster is going to be, on average, like 30 years old. Who is their young players that they still have? They have their young players. They they don't have any. They have none. They have no young players. Like, what? I understand wanting, like, the veteran leadership. And I know that this probably will backfire on me when somehow that team magically gets put together. But I just don't see it. I don't see how I don't see how having old veterans just surrounding these these players is going to work. Because guess what? Those players are old. Carmelo's inconsistent. Wayne Ellington's a good player, but he's also he'll be a solid player. Malik Monk has always been inconsistent. Oh yeah, that's the one I forgot. Dwight Howard came back. Dwight Howard. The man who was literally just Went onto the court, fouled people, and then got off the court. That Dwight Howard. And he's going to be their backup big? Or is he going to be their starting big? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. It just... I just don't get it. I don't see how this is going to work for them. Literally. This... Okay, this is This is hilarious. I'm looking at Dwight Howard's stats right now. In 12 minutes, he averaged two and a half fouls. If you look at that in a per 36, in 36 minutes, Dwight Howard would have had seven and a half fouls. That's who they're picking up. They aren't trying to pick up anyone else. They aren't trying to pick up the players like Jeff Green. They aren't trying to pick up the players like Taj Gibson. Gorgie Jang would have been a good selection. Dwayne Dedman. They aren't picking up any of those type of players. Torrey Craig went on a two-year, $10 million contract. You can't tell me that if the Lakers signed Torrey Craig instead of, who knows, Carmelo? That would have been so much better. That would have been such a better pickup for them. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I, I'm, really, I'm really interested to see how this will pay out for them. Because I don't see it. I don't see how getting a bunch of veterans into this team is going to help. Because they it doesn't work. Especially when you compare the Lakers and Brooklyn. The difference between these two teams is crazy. You have three star players. Okay, yeah, they all need the ball in their hand. Guess what? They're star players. That's what they did their whole entire career. Their whole entire career was built with them having the ball in their hand. Like, it makes sense why they're all ball dominant. But the thing is, 
is that they don't trade all of their young assets for just random like just random players. Like they don't just trade all they don't trade all of their players for veterans. Cuz right now if you look at the roster, you have players like Bruce Brown who's going to be in his third season. You have players like Nick Claxton who had his second year last year and played wonderful. Like those type of players will develop. Like development is something that needs to happen and what do you think these Lakers players are going to develop into? They aren't going to develop into anything. And the Nets also made great signings in free agency. Like they they re-signed Bruce Brown, which is exactly what they need to do. One year, $4.7 million. They're willing to do that deal. They re-signed Blake Griffin, which makes sense. He'd signed on a pretty affordable deal. They re-signed James, or they signed James Johnson, a player who is a really good like enforcer type. He's probably going to try to play the role of Jeff Green, who they lost in free agency, which that one's a little bit of a tough signing. But they signed him on a minimum deal, so it's not that bad. And then they also signed Patty Mills. Patty Mills, who is extremely underrated, who will play such a good role on that team because he's going to be a spark plug. There's some games where he's going to play 10 minutes and not do anything, and then the next game he'll go off for 35 points and have 10 threes just out of nowhere because that's what he does. That's a very good signing. That's the difference between the Lakers and the Nets is – the Nets actually signed players that fit in their system. Meanwhile, the Lakers just signed old shooters. Like, this team's going to run circles around. If somehow, if somehow the Nets and the Lakers make it to the finals, this is not going to be good. I don't, I don't know if, the, I don't know if the Lakers will even make it out, make it out of the first round, still. Because Russell Westbrook's a terrible fit. And they aren't signing anything that's going to help them. Like, are any of those players that they that I just said needle movers? Like, any of them? Malik Monk, maybe, if he lives up to his potential and plays the way he did last year just on a bigger role? Maybe. he Maybe he can do that, and then that'd be big. But all of these players the Nets had, Patty Mills is a needle mover. As much as people don't want to say that, as much as people don't really care about the San Antonio Spurs bench players. That is a spark plug off the bench. He is going to play a massive role for them. Because there's going to be some games where Kyrie decides to take off because that's what that team does. They rest their players. So having a player like Patty Mills who they can just throw into the starting lineup and just have him do his thing is going to be very good. So I'm I'm very interested to see how this will play out. But... When you compare those two teams to each other, they are not, they're not even close to the same. Like, the Nets handled their stuff so much better than the Lakers, and I know that this might backfire in the future, but I don't care. Like, this team made terrible decisions. Like, the trade for Russell Westbrook was a desperation move. And they would not have done it if it was any other time except for LeBron James's aging and they needed something. And no one else wanted Kuzma, Harrell, KCP, and Picks. That was the only thing they could get. That's the best thing they could get. And they didn't want to settle for a non-superstar, big-name player like Buddy Heald. That's the difference between the two teams. Like, I, I, I honestly am leaning towards the Nets being the champions. 
after this free agency, and it's still not done. Like, they're they're doing such a good job. And they aren't even done. They're just building depth, and they develop their players. Like, they still have players like TLC, who isn't great, but he's still a player that can play a role on this team. So, and plus they, they drafted a, f- a few people too. They drafted um, Cameron Thomas. Like, they have, like, they have depth, and they're going to keep on building it. Like, this is, that's the difference between these two teams. So, I don't know. I'm just ranting now. I've really gone off track. I'm trying to figure out if there's anything else I want to talk about that's going to be as good as that. I mean, talk about the Heat. The Heat made an interesting, made an interesting move. I mean... The Duncan Robinson contract, some people may think is an overpay, but I think that's a, a fair contract for a player like him. Five years, $90 million for one of the best shooters in the league. Like, top two? Top three? I mean, Steph's number one, of course. I mean, Dame is probably a close second, but catch and shoot-wise, and not needing to have the ball in their hand, Duncan Robinson is the biggest threat, maybe besides Klay Thompson. So that contract works well for them. The Heat just went all in. I mean, they got P.J. Tucker, who's a pretty good signing. I mean, P.J. Tucker is also very old, so I don't I don't know if that's going to be a one that actually pays off or not, But because P.J. Tucker is... 36 years old, and by the end of his contract, he's going to be 38. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know, but I I think it's a good thing to go all in while you still have a player like Jimmy Butler, while Bam is still developing, while you still have a player like Tyler Hero who's on a still on a rookie contract, which hopefully they're able to develop him back into what he was doing in the bubble, and he doesn't go back to last season's Tyler Hero, especially in the playoffs. But, I mean, they took a risk. They picked up, they signed Kyle Lowry. They made a bunch of risks. And, I mean, you still have Eric Spolstra. This is not a team that you can take out of anything. Like, this team will be good. They'll always be, like, a team that's always just nagging. They'll be like the Pacers in the mid-2010s, the one with Paul George. They'll always be there. They'll always be nagging at you. Will they ever make it? I don't know. I'm not super confident in it, but, I mean, it's wide open. I mean, all of these, when you have a loaded Eastern Conference like it is now, you can have a bunch of different outcomes. I mean, look at the West. Every single year, it's unpredictable, besides with the Warriors. Before that, it's this year, we could have had how many teams? We could have had a ton of teams make it. I mean, if you still look at the West this year, there's eight teams that could make it to the finals that I could see. When you look at the East, it's expanding because you have now the Bulls and the Heat that are now trying to get into that because they realize that this is one of the better times to do it. I think it's going to be a very... I think it's, I think it's going to be good. I'm not 100% certain, certain if it'll play out that way but i think the heat are making making moves because the heat are rarely ever bad 
I mean, there's very rarely a bad season for them. So, I mean, they went all in. They agreed to a four-year max extension with Jimmy. So, I they're going to be stuck with him for four more years, and he'll be there until he's 35, and he's one of those players that's a bruiser. So, they really need to go all in because he'll be 36 by the end of his contract. So, I'm very uncertain with the with the Heat, but the Heat also have development. They will pull some player out of nowhere, and they will make him a serviceable, serviceable role player. I mean, look at Tyler Hero last, last season, and look at Duncan Robinson. I mean, Duncan Robinson's emerged as one of the best three-point shooters we've ever seen. I mean, that's not anything crazy, because when you look at the development of three-point shooting since then, I mean, it's nothing new. So... I'm very excited to see how that's going to play out, but I'm going to check and see if Woj has updated anything. Looks like it's about the same. Looks like nothing else is happening, which is good because I was hoping that... I was I was planning on doing this. I was planning on recording this tomorrow, but now because of that, because of that signing, I wanted to kind of get my initial thoughts and my reaction down so then you guys could kind of hear it. I don't know how good it went, but... I think that's a very interesting thing. Um, is there any other teams that that really did something that I thought was big? I mean, if you look at some of the signings, you have, like, the Knicks, who the Knicks just did Knicks things, which is just overpay for some players, which is nothing new for them. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned about those type of ones. I mean, when you look at some of the bigger signings, Chris Paul resigned, which – for the Suns, that's a four-year deal, and he's going to be playing until he's 40, and I'm not confident in it. But, I mean, Chris Paul could just be easily one of those players who just keep playing. I mean, his play style is that way. He doesn't have to play the whole entire... He doesn't have to play a lot either. Like, during the regular season, we'll have Cameron Payne, who hopefully will be able to keep on taking strides into becoming a really good starter once Chris Paul whenever he decides to hang it up but that's kind of one of the bigger ones I mean Jared Allen with the massive contract which makes sense because he's one of the most reliable bigs you rarely see him ever get hurt he's just a serviceable center he's not gonna wow you away but the Cavaliers could be something to watch out for in a little while um Spencer Dinwiddie could be getting an assign-in trade to the Wizards that's not confirmed yet, but there are rumors that he will do that. That could be an interesting pairing since Spencer Dinwiddie is coming off of a torn ACL and wondering if he'll actually come back to normal form or not. That'll be dependent, but we'll see about that one too. Um, any other big ones? I mean, not really. It's, besides that, it's really not that great of a free agency this free agency was not supposed to be this big either which is kind of the unfortunate thing for the for the bulls is they could have gone all in on free agency any other year and have so much better options i mean demar derozan and lonzo ball are still spectacular options they're still i mean demar derozan's and has been an all-star all nba type player 
and Lonzo Ball's all-defensive team, and he never really got to live out his potential because he was stuck with the Lakers, and then he was stuck with the Pelicans, and that whole mess with Stan Van Gundy. So I think that they can definitely bring out the potential in him, but I think besides that, I don't see really any other big ones or any that are going to really change anything. I like the JaVale signing for the Suns. For me as a Suns fan, we needed a backup big, especially with Dario with his torn ACL. It's an okay deal. Um, anything else, really? I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. re-signed. Oh, yeah, that's one. I think the Mavericks. The Mavericks just loaded up on shooters. Yeah, they loaded him up. They loaded up Luka with just a bunch of shooters. So he's... Luke is going to be the only source of offense for that team. He's going to be the playmaker. They signed Sterling Brown to a two-year, $6.2 million contract, which was a really good deal. He, he showed some flashes with the Rockets, and he got rewarded for it. Reggie Bullock, which is a massive signing, I think, because he's going to be able to play that Dorian Finney-Smith, that Maxi Kleba role, which is play defense, shoot threes. That's what they did. They just signed 3 and D players. Like, that was the main thing that they did. So, I think that that's another pretty good signing. The ones that are still available are interesting, too. I mean, Kawhi Leonard still has his player option. He hasn't really made any decisions yet. I don't think he will probably until midnight in a few days because that's just how Kawhi Leonard rolls. He'll make a decision in just at random times. He'll make it at 2 in the morning, and then we'll all wake up to the news I mean, you have players like John Collins, who's a restricted free agent, but I don't think I haven't heard much on them. If they're made, if they've made a deal yet, that's going to be probably they should resign him. But if they don't, that's going to be the big piece that people are going to run for. And then you have other players like Dennis Schroeder, who was asking for a hundred million dollars, but I doubt if he gets a four-year deal, he'd get fifty, if that. So I think Dennis, Dennis Schroeder is probably the next biggest one. Then you have players like Kelly Oubre Jr. You do have you have, that's actually a big one. Um, Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson is still a free agent, and Reggie Jackson played spectacular in the playoffs. It was one of those things where it was absolutely crazy. I was not expecting that at all. So I think that's going to be a really interesting one. And then besides that, there isn't really much. I mean, a lot of players got their extensions. Trey Young got $207 million max extension. Um, Curry got a ton of money, which is deserving. Oh, yeah, and then Drummond went to the 76ers. I don't see how that's a good fit at all. It doesn't really matter. I don't think he's going to play a role at all on that team. Besides just being a backup to Joel Embiid, and whenever Joel Embiid gets hurt, they'll have someone else. And I don't even know if it was an upgrade from Dwight Howard either. Like, that's the sad thing. Is I don't think either team upgraded with the t one team getting Dwight Howard and one team getting Andre Drummond. But I don't know. Besides that, there isn't much. Um, I'm sorry. I've been just rambling. I've been trying to figure out all of the free agency news. I've been trying to round it all up because I was not expecting to record this. I was expecting to record it tomorrow and be able to build more of a script so it was a little bit more orderly. But, unfortunately, that did not happen because of the timing of the DeMar DeRozan trade, and I was in 
the recording studio anyways. So I was like, you know what? I might as well record my initial reactions. So I think with that, I think that's about it. Um, if there's any other big news, I'll probably be back on soon. I'll probably record another one at some point with the winners and losers. Depended on where John Collins goes and those type of players. Not like the super big names, but I'm excited to see what the rest of this offseason does. Um, and sooner or later, the NBA will be back, which thankfully will happen. So I think that's about it. I hope all of you enjoyed me rambling about basketball and trying to figure out the websites that I can find for all the free agency news. Um, I think besides that, there isn't much. So I thank you all for listening again. I appreciate everyone that listens to this because no one really has to listen to this if they don't want. So I appreciate everyone who listens to this and I hope you all have a great day and I will see you all in the next one. Peace.